Today on In Grace, it's going to be a sobering episode as we talk about 9-11 and an American hero. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and today on our very special weekend or Friday edition of In Grace, we are going to bring you to Texas and then to the Pentagon in Washington, and we're going to tell you the story of an American hero. His name is Lieutenant General Tex Brown III, and he was there at the Pentagon 22 years ago on 9-11. He was away from his office, which would have been pretty close to the impact zone. And he heard the the impact of that airplane hitting the Pentagon. And he rushed back to try to find people, to help rescue people that day. But as I talked to him, and as you'll hear today, it turns out that he's an American hero even before 9-11 because he fought for our country and was decorated in the Vietnam War. You see, he was a pilot and he flew an airplane called the Sky Raider. It was one of the last propeller airplanes that we were flying, but it was flown for close air support. He could go down and protect our airmen who had crashed until the rescue could get in there. And he did that a number of times, and many people were saved because of him in the war. And then he rose in the ranks to Lieutenant General, and uh, we get to hear his story here on In Grace. And we're one of the only few ministries that were able to hear his story and tell it today. So as 9-11 is coming up next week, we never want to forget here at In Grace about these incredible Americans that sacrificed, they were willing to go into harm's way to make sure that people were rescued, people were saved, exactly like Jesus. He came into this world. He came into a terrible situation where he was literally crucified, but he did that to rescue you and me from our sins. So you'll find that out today here on In Grace. Right before we get into today's interview, I want to tell you about another really powerful video series. It's called A Heaven Sent Rescue. It's the dramatic 9-11 story of Staff Sergeant Dave Carnes. He found two people alive in the rubble of the World Trade Center. And in Grace got the exclusive story, and we filmed with him in New York at Ground Zero. You really need to get this, and we're thanking those of you that support in Grace right now with a gift of any amount with this powerful video series, either DVD or digital download. Now, if your gift to Ingrace is $50 or more, I'm not only going to send you a Heaven Sent Rescue— I'm going to send you four more powerful videos about American heroes or America's greatness being founded upon God and the Bible. Contact us today at 1-800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, there is smoke pouring out of the Pentagon. Another plane has just hit, it hit another building. Hi baby, I'm, baby, you have to listen to me carefully. I'm on a plane that's been hijacked, I'm on the plane, I'm calling from the plane. 
want to tell you I love you. Please tell my children that I love them very much. And I'm so sorry, babe. I hope to be able to see your face again, baby. I love you. Bye. A lot of interesting things happened in your life, but one day in particular was pretty life-changing, I'm guessing, 9-11. Yes. I was in the Pentagon on 9-11. I had just been promoted to three-star. I was uh, getting to know my staff and, and my office and my new duty as a director. I was a deputy chief of staff for personnel, which is like the HR director for the entire Air Force. But uh, the, the chief of staff said, you're a leader come lead the personnel group of our Air Force. And so I had just arrived. Uh, my wife and kids were still getting settled. We're, we're living in a, in a temporary quarters, what we call a BOQ on the base at, at Bowling Air Force Base. We're not even a home yet. We're waiting on a, a home that, a, a designated house that we're gonna live in. But I've started to work in the office. Uh, on Friday before 9-11, we had a change of command of the entire Air Force. Uh, the chief of staff who had actually hired me was retiring, General Mike Ryan. A brand new chief of staff, uh, General John Jumper, was coming in to take over. And of course, Friday was a big, uh, big ceremony day and mm. parades. And, and uh, we were hardly in the office on that Friday mm. uh, as we welcomed the brand new chief of staff. And that's the, the ranking four-star general of our Air Force. So Monday morning was the first day back in the Pentagon in the office with the brand new chief. Well, he actually stayed home that day while the rest of us were back at work on that Monday, September 10th. So Tuesday morning, September 11th, the chief comes in and has his first day as the brand new chief of the Air Force. All of us that work for him are there. We have a staff meeting at, I think it was 8.30 in the morning down in the Air Force uh, Operations Center. And you can picture, here's the chief of staff and the secretary of the Air Force, that's the ranking civilian. And every general that works, so every three star that's in the building that works for the chief is there and some two stars. There's probably 35, 30 to 35 generals in this room and we're going through the slides and here's what's happening in the whole Air Force for the brand new chief. And that's at 8.30. At about 8.45, a young airman slips into this room very quietly, whispers in the ear of the chief and the secretary and I'm sitting just a row back from him. And he says, well, put it on the screen. And so next day we got these three huge screens in this operations center and we had slides and all kinds of data and that all came down and up comes Fox News. Wow. And we're watching a burning tower and hearing commentators talk about, well, we don't know, maybe navigation error. I mean, but I'm in a room full of pilots. Right, and you also know that something major's happening, and you would soon know that this is gonna involve you and the U.S. military. It took about five minutes as we're watching the one tower burn and they're speculating navigation error, and I'm in a room full of pilots going, uh, uh, that's, a blue, a, that's a blue a sky day. day. Yep. That wouldn't happen on a blue sky day. Yeah. About that time, the second airplane, we sit and watch it hit the second tower. And everybody in that room knew. We knew immediately. We are under attack. This is not, this is intentional. And what was a normal, just a beautiful day. Our life just to. changed. Yeah. Oh. Oh my goodness, there's another this one. This seems to be on purpose. Oh my goodness, another now plane? you. 
Now it's obvious, I think, that, uh, that there's a second plane just crashed into the World Trade Center. I think we have a terrorist act of proportions that we cannot begin to imagine at this juncture. This is the 9-11 Memorial Chapel area. This is one of the first things that was set up for people here in the Pentagon to remember their fallen, those that were here in the building. Almost everyone knew someone that died. And then this was moved here to the actual impact point. This is the impact point where the airplane just came in right from that angle. There's a new memorial outside, but it hit, it hit right here. And it went in four rings into this building, pretty much destroying this whole section of the building. And obviously now it's all rebuilt. There's this beautiful memorial here. They gave in grace uh, exclusive access today. Uh, and it just really, I think, represents the, the heart of the nation. Let me read this to you. It says on September 11th, 2001, terrorists killed 184 innocent men, women, and children. Outside in the memorial, you'll see these benches over water and they're by year of birth. Well, there's a few that these were young children that were on that airplane. And it's hard to imagine people that would be so bent on hurting our nation that they would hurt so many innocent people. It continues, they were husbands and wives, fathers and mothers, sons and daughters, sisters and brothers, friends, loved ones. In attacking them, the terrorists aimed to frighten and divide. Instead, and this is really what I remember about September 11, it united the nation. And the United States, and united in sorrow, yes, but also in determination, to defend this country, to defend those who visited evil upon her, and in doing so, secure the blessings of liberty for future generations. In this way, America honors their sacrifice and gives thanks for their lives. That's a very biblical principle, by the way. We need to be thankful for the sacrifice of others. This September, we remember the lives lost and the bravery and strength that emerged from the ashes of 9-11. Let us come together to honor the heroes and acknowledge the courage of those deeply impacted by the tragic events of that day. Experience the incredible story of a heaven-sent rescue, an emotional tribute to a 9-11 first responder. When you give any amount to InGrace this week, Jim Scudder will personally express his gratitude by sending you this powerful video. And for a generous gift of $50 or more, you'll receive InGrace's entire patriotic bundle, including four more incredible video series. To take advantage of this exceptional offer, call 800-78-GRACE. Go to our website at ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com.
So at this point, it's, a, it's about nine o'clock in the morning, East Coast time, when we disperse and go back to our offices. As I, my office was almost the other side of the Pentagon. Uh, from as, your From where the operations meeting. room is. Okay. So I come up out of the basement, and the Pentagon is, is, a, is a big building, and the very center is wide open. Well, I could go all the way around the outside, but the fastest way is right through the center. So I actually come up out of the basement, get out in the courtyard. I'm walking across the courtyard, and I'm looking up in clear sky, like I'm in this courtyard. And as I look up, I have the thought, this is a big target. Really? I really have that thought, that the two towers were very visible because of their height. I wonder if you were the first to have that dawn. Yeah, maybe. We've just had the attack in New York, and I thought, if there's more, clearly, this could be a big target. It's not that tall, but it's so wide and so big, and, and the parking lot around it makes everything flat, so it stands out. Uh, I then go into staff meeting, and I've got my staff of maybe 15 or 20 people that, in my conference room, and actually, I now have General McMahon, the two-star, on a video teleconference, so he's on my screen and we're discussing what's just happened. I'm actually telling the, my staff about what's just occurred that morning. That we don't sit around with TVs on in the, in the Pentagon. So I told them what had happened in New York and how our, possibly our lives have just changed. And at 9.36, so we were six minutes into my staff meeting when we felt a large explosion. And we actually then felt a second explosion. They were about a second apart. And as I think back, the first one had to be the airplane entering the building. And then shortly after that, the fuel of that airplane, a double explosion occurs. There were two distinct big explosions. It got all of our attention. We, we all just went dead silent. In fact, the first thing that happened was the video teleconference flashed off and flashed right back on. And the first person to speak was the two-star general on the video, and he says, what happened? I said, we just got attacked. There wasn't any doubt in my mind. So you knew it instantly and that an airplane... The, uh, I'm sure the thought airplane. from 30 minutes ago walking across the courtyard just came to, to life that, yeah, this is an airplane just, just flew into our building. I didn't see it, uh, but there's no doubt in my mind. You're getting your staff out. The, the building, you've heard two explosions, the lights are out, you see some smoke. What did you do? As I finished talking to Joe McMahon, a few seconds, I go out in the hallway. I got a young captain who, who works in my outer office and he's standing there kind of at attention. And he says, sir, they told me to wait for you. <laughs> I said, Derek, stay calm, let's stay calm. Because he was a little nervous. And I'm in a hallway. I mean, I see some smoke, but there's not fire, you know. It, but, but that's the fighter pilot in you, too. You stay calm. Yeah. You know, you, you can't know, panic. I, I've spent a year in combat. I said, all right, I'm going to go across the office. I'm going to get my, my hat and my keys, my wallet, my cell phone, and, uh, and we'll make our way. I, I said, no. we've got a couple offices that are to our, toward the explosion that are personnel people. And Derek has told me he's already gone. Those doors are open and nobody's there. All right, so let's make our way down the hallway. Keep pushing doors open. If we see any door closed, I want it open. And make sure no one's left behind. 
So we make our way down the hall. And I'll tell you, we're one of the last ones out because not running, but we're not at the Pentagon pace because we're gonna make sure there nobody's left behind. Hmm. So when I get to the river entrance, we go outside, I look out and there's about 20,000 people standing outside. I mean, most of the Pentagon has made their way outside. And I realized, okay, I better call my wife. Because she's watching this now on TV. She knows probably approximately a, where your office is. She's in a BLQ room, you know, and and, uh, and she just, she's already seen that and heard and people have called each other. And it turns out, I find out later, I've got my mom and dad and her family and brother, they're all calling and want to know if I'm okay, and she hasn't heard from me. In fact, she says, I can't talk. I'll call you when I know something. So she keeps hanging up on family who keep calling. Every time the phone rings, she's hoping it's me. Yeah. Mm. Well, I can't get through, because I all, and these are flip phone days. I flip the phone open, and, and there is, the circuits are totally tied up. So it takes me, it's about three or four hours before I actually am able to get through and let her know I'm okay. So that was a pretty tough time for my wife and kids who were either, the kids are in school, but my wife's at home worried about what's happening. I believe all of us that were alive on September 11th, we can remember where we were that day. I remember I was at a little cafe with a pastor from India, a visiting missionary. And we heard on the radio, they had the radio on, that a plane had just hit the tower in New York City, the World Trade Center. And they said it was a clear day, so it seemed strange to me. They said it was a small plane, so you don't think really anything of it. But then it seemed worse and worse, and we started watching it on TV, and we saw the second plane, and you know exactly where you were on that day. We can't forget that. It's an indelible mark on our mind. But then we come to a place like this, so many years later, a memorial, a place to remember, something we can't forget. But it does something to the soul to stand here, to be here, to see the, the different monuments, to remember those lives. And here it's marked off in, in years, and you see all the different years, and you wonder, what is our year going to be this year? We don't know what's gonna happen next, but we thank God for people like Lieutenant General Richard Tex Brown III, who, whose office was hit right here, but he wasn't in his office, but he came rushing to the aid, helping probably right here. I remember seeing video of people running, and even uh, Defense Secretary Rumsfeld running out, carrying stretchers, helping people. It happened right here on this hallowed ground. Your, your day was, was so different than you thought it would be on September 11th. And so we don't know when our last breath will be. Right. And when our last heartbeat will beat. And we have this life to either accept or reject the plan of salvation that God has given. Our chance to accept that is while we're still taking that breath. Because the day that breath is over, uh, we've already, we've either accepted or rejected. And, and I know it's, it's hard for some, but you have heard, and I've heard. So we've had an opportunity, and most Americans have heard. So there is an opportunity, and we all have to 
accept and know that opportunity. And my day could have come back because I was a lieutenant, blind combat. My day could have come on 9-11. But it was, it was a life-changing day. It's a day we should never forget. It does for me seem like yesterday. Well, we appreciate your uh, service to our country in Vietnam and even on 9-11. Uh, you were checking to make sure people got out and making sure that you did everything you could uh, to, to rescue people. But it's about what you're doing now, and that is having a heart for especially men to make sure that they hear the plan of salvation, that anybody can be saved by simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. So thank you, General. God bless you. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. We appreciate you so much. You bet. Thank you. I thank God for people like Lieutenant General Tex Brown, people that came to the aid to, to rescue those that were hurting, dying. This catastrophe was just horrible in America. 3,000 nearly died on that day. It was for sure the worst attack on our soil that we've ever had. And we pause, and I, I remember the nation pausing that day, and, and I was amazed that next Sunday, how many people were in church. And, and it's a shame for tragedy to force us to think about eternity and think about God. But that's one thing that happened on September 11th, 2001. But the many acts of heroism were another thing. So it does make us pause and think about what is eternity? What will happen after I die? These people on American Flight 77 did not think that day as they were taking off that this would be their last day. We memorialize them. We have a beautiful garden and, and the memory of them here. We reflect as year after year we see their, their birth year in this memorial. And I found mine, 1970. And it's, it's likely that your birth year is probably here too. So my question to you is, do you know for sure, do you have confidence of your eternal life? Do you know where you'll go when it is your time? The Bible says that we all have sinned. We've been created perfect and God created us for fellowship, but then we blew it, we sinned. And death by sin, and death has passed upon all men for all have sinned. But there was another person that came to sacrifice his life. He gave his life for all of us. His name is Jesus. You say, well, I don't believe in that. Well. What you need to do is think about it, be open to it, be, be open to the fact that there is a plan of salvation. There is a God that loves you so much that he would sacrifice his own son. His son died willingly for your sins. And by faith in him, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. Those that put their faith in Jesus Christ are saved by him. And he is the greatest friend you'll ever have. And I encourage you to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today and be saved. I also want to have a prayer for America today as we need to get back to God. We need to think about God and, and what our country was founded on, what our country needs to get back to. And let us also remember those that perished on September 11th. Our Lord, we are moved today by being at this place and to hear the story of Tex Brown. We thank you for people like him who would sacrifice for us to serve and protect our nation. And we think especially of those people that died on September 11th, the innocents in New York and Pennsylvania, right here at the Pentagon. Lord, we think of their families still, although it's been many years since, may we never forget what happened. And may we always uh, turn to you as a nation and as individuals 
and remember you are in charge and remember that we need to acknowledge you, we need to learn of you, we need to know you, we need to put our faith in the Lord Jesus. We thank you and praise you. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. This September, we remember the lives lost and the bravery and strength that emerged from the ashes of 9-11. Let us come together to honor the heroes and acknowledge the courage of those deeply impacted by the tragic events of that day. Experience the incredible story of a heaven-sent rescue, an emotional tribute to a 9-11 first responder. When you give any amount to InGrace this week, Jim Scudder will personally express his gratitude by sending you this powerful video. And for a generous gift of $50 or more, you'll receive InGrace's entire patriotic bundle, including four more incredible video series. To take advantage of this exceptional offer, call 800-78-GRACE. Go to our website at ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in next week as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.